Welcome to the Rising Kings podcast, where we enable you to raise your standards, elevate your performance, and live to your highest order in business and in life. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any feature content. Let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Rising Kings Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and of course, with me, I've got Mr. Ben Sokeld. How are you, Ben? Good, brother. Good to be here, man. Excited for today's episode. Today, I'm pretty pumped about this. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Toby Scovron on uh, today's podcast. Toby, how are you? Guys, thank you. I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Man, just just to put it in perspective, you're our, you're our first... Our first uh, interview, happy not to, to put the pressure in. on. <laughs> nah, happy, happy to break you in. Let's go. Awesome, awesome. Now, Toby, I know like I've I've watched a few interviews of yours um, and also I actually really like watching uh, the vlog that you guys do at Creative Cubes. Can you give us sort of like a quick backstory on what Creative Cubes is and actually how you got to the point of Creative Cubes? Because uh, I think it was one of the interviews that you said you basically made um, dogs poop uh, sort of uh, beautiful. Sexy. Um, yeah. So actually, before we even talk about Creative Cubes, I think that Creative Cubes is sort of like it's a moment in time, right? It's a moment in time on the journey. Um, so, yeah, uh, to, to complement what you just said, Michael, I made pee and poop sexy. Um, and I did that for hundreds of thousands of pet owners across the planet. Um, I developed a product called Pet Lou. Uh, which was a dog potty system that is still like a raging success today. I exited the business in 2012 to an incredible company out of Tennessee after living in America for about six years. Um, I, I got acquired and then spent the next four years sort of like working out, working with them and for them and then working out what was next. So uh, for me, entrepreneur born and raised, uh, born and raised not far from Ben, uh, other side of the bridge, but uh, in Sydney, Australia. And I moved to Melbourne in 2003 to pursue a, a beautiful woman, uh, probably yes, a, girl, a, girl, a girl at the time, <laughs> but a beautiful woman um, who I'm very proud to say is my wife. Um, and we've been together, you know, just shy of 20 years now. Wow. Um, and I bought Sim, my wife, a dog called Subi. And Subi needed to go to the toilet at the most inconvenient of times. And Sim just said, Tobes, we need a patch of backyard on our balcony. And that was the Eureka moment. Um, I know we're on a podcast, but I'll show you guys this. This is my little pet loo. Um, nice. It was synthetic, <laughs> synthetic grass. It had a drainage system. And really, the business took off uh, after that because um, it was a product of need. Um, and I was solving a real pain point for pet owners uh, that lived in apartments, lived in cold climates, people that were in nursing homes, people that literally didn't have a backyard yet wanted to own a pet or didn't have a pet but wanted to own a pet. Uh, and so out of pure need for myself, I ultimately solved a massive problem for pet owners globally. Uh, and I developed the business, developed the business plan. It ended up becoming a printer, paper, ink cartridge business, whereby every Lewin marker, we sold training aid, we sold cleaning fluids, we sold replacement grass. And then we developed this really cool product called Peapod, which would, once the urine hit the uh, collection reservoir, it actually turned it into a solid, uh, a solidified gel, which killed all the bacteria and the smell. Um, and you pop the peapod out, it's biodegradable. And there was just this amazing recurring revenue off a, off a kind of like, a, I guess, no different to a, uh, a Mac or Apple, Apple Music, uh, iCloud, or even today Peloton, you know, like you've got your hardware, mm. which is your bike, treadmill, etc. And then you're subscribing to uh, the software, which is that recurring revenue. And so while all of that may not sound sexy and cool to a lot of people um it was it and to, and to others it was like wow living the entrepreneurial dream I, I confess definitely was living the entrepreneurial dream however what they don't tell you when you sign up to be an entrepreneur or alternatively i was born and raised an entrepreneur i never really understood what entrepreneurship was until that eureka moment went off in my head i was like i know what to do to solve simone and my problem with subi um is the actual dark and lonely side, yeah? And when I say dark, I never felt like I belonged. Like I grew up in an amazing, amazing uh, neighborhood. I had amazing, I still have amazing friends around me. I have like married an amazing woman. I've got beautiful kids. There's a lot of love for, uh, for my friendship group, a lot of love for my family and all the rest of it. However, none of my friends growing up in the 80s and 90s were really entrepreneurial. 
right? Um, and so they became doctors, lawyers, surgeons, you know, elite in their field of choice. And I, a little entrepreneur over here, sort of never felt like I belonged. And so Petlu was sort of like my coming out party. However, um, the journey of the deck, the decade that I was on, like the journey that I was on for a decade, should I say, was actually really lonely and isolating because while my mom and my sisters and my wife and my friends all love and care about me, none of them really understood entrepreneurship, right? And so fast forward to today, you've got Zuck, you've got, you know, Evan Spiegel, you've got Travis Kalanick, you've got Steve, like the late Steve Jobs, you've got Mark Cuban, like entrepreneur, Elon Musk, you've got entrepreneurs out there that are trailblazing um, some incredible ventures um, and people kind of understand it, but what about like up until now? And so the decade of developing and running Petlu for me was as exhilarating on the entrepreneurial side as it was lonely and isolating uh, because I just didn't feel like I had a tribe around me that really understood entrepreneurship. And so fast forward to today to answer your question, Michael, fast forward to today, Creative Cubes really solves in part, not not in totality, it solves um, what was not there for me. And what was not there was community, like-minded people. Don't Don't mistake this. And if anyone's listening, I've got a lot of great friends. I've got a lot of great family members. I've got a lot of people that are in my corner, but just didn't understand. Yeah. And so um, uh, f- for me, Creative Cubes is firstly, it's community first and foremost. Uh, we are, we, we exist to enable success. We do that by creating a sense of belonging, which is what I didn't have. Um, and we lean in on the good, the bad and the, and the ugly or uncomfortable to try and make people while we are in the real estate business. I do feel strongly that actually when you get behind the scenes, you understand that we're actually in the people business um, to try and make people better. And if we can make people better, then perhaps maybe just, maybe just a little bit, the world becomes a better place as a result of our existence. You said that you were sort of in this dark space during your time at Petlu because nobody else under, sort of understood you, right? So you as an entrepreneur, and from what I understand, when you first started Petlu, you were pretty young, right? You're pretty young. You and your partner were living in LA. I'm assuming that you probably really didn't have any family and friends that were out there. So you're pretty much all by yourself, right? How were you able to sort of continue to push and have that drive and just not sort of give up like most people would do? Yeah, so I, thank you. So I, I actually like a couple, couple of really, really important fundamental things before we actually answer your question. One is I grew up in a household where, unfortunately, at the age of 14, my dad got really sick. He had an aneurysm, and it took two years for him to slowly, slowly decline until he passed away. So at 14, I was already like like a young adolescent, but like I was forced to grow up pretty quickly. Yeah, the stuff that was going on with my friends um, was not my reality at home. Yeah, however, my mom is superwoman. My mom is the reason why I am so resilient today. Um, and then I doubled down on that by marrying an amazing woman, right? Um, which has the same values and is cut from the same cloth. Um, and so, um, you know, my mom kept my sisters and I, I've got two amazing sisters, both younger than me, but my mom kept my sisters and I focused on what we had, not what we didn't have. Yeah. And so it would be very easy for someone to go the opposite direction. Right. It would be very easy for someone to say, I lost my dad, doom and gloom. My mom was like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Like I just lost my husband, the man that I love. By the way, my mom is 70 and never looked at another man. My dad's been gone 30, 30 odd years. Right. So hard for me as a kid, hard for my mom running a family and also, uh, you know, losing what she lost. However, she kept us focused on what we had and what we had was love. What we had was our our ability to push past trauma, our ability to see the glass half full in every situation. Sometimes that's bad, by the way, but glass is half (laughs) half full in, in every situation. And so like for me, I've already had the biggest loss of my life. Yeah. Um, and so 
I feel like I've got nothing to lose from here. Or alternatively, the mindset is it's all up from here. Um, and so coming to LA, you know, there was some dark times. When I say dark times, like I come home at night and try and explain to my wife that like this and this is happening and I'm sort of trying to troubleshoot. And she's like, babe, I love you, but I, I, like, I'm not experienced. I have no idea, right? And while she would listen, like there was no strategy there. Yeah. Um, and, and then there would be times where, uh, we would be going crazy on the sales and marketing, but like we had like a few thousand dollars in the bank. We had a million dollars in receivables or several million dollars in receivables at any one time. And like there was no liquid. So like, like just ducks. How do I, how do I cash flow this? How do I, there's some amazing companies out there today that sort of solve for all that. Like BizPay is a phenomenal, uh, uh, tool. Uh, for people to be able to do it. But, th- but these sorts of things didn't exist. And so the darkness for me was I was lighting it up on the scoreboard. Uh, you know, if if we can use the basketball analogy, I was scoring 40 points every night, like like easy. However, um, I've, got, I've got to kind of watch the defensive side, which is cash flow, um, it's inventory on hand, it's prediction of supply and demand and supply chain and like just complicated stuff. And while... I employed some really talented people. Um, it was my business. And so it was my problem to solve, yeah, um, at the end of the day. So there were some dark times out, but the, 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 um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And everything, I think, adds up to where I'm at today. Um, and so, like, losing my dad, like, I said to my mom, like, point blank to her face, I'd do anything to have dad back, like, anything. However, I don't think I'd be who I am today if he was here, you know, because that's sort of like a, a shaping. Um, so, man, and I, so I, go can, ahead. I, can I just you know, just throw a quick question in there for you? Because I, I, you hit on a key key element here before around, um, you know, communication with your wife at the time when it was, you know, you, you're, you're dealing with the struggles of growing a business. Uh, you got a wife, you know, who's who's there supporting you on the side. And I think a lot of men really get trapped in this in this scenario. And I'd l- I'd love to understand, man. How how did you keep, you know, that relationship strong and solid through that? You know, like where it's, you know, I I've felt it myself. You know, you come home, you've got these serious fucking business problems that need to get solved. Um, we don't expect our wives or partners to solve it, but you know, they they just they don't understand. You know, whether it's the male or the female. How how did you sustain that like what what did you and your wife what were some of the things you did to stay really connected because you know through what you've shared here so far man like it sounds like you and your wife are rock fucking solid which is a beautiful thing and i I think it's rare these days especially for male business owners and entrepreneurs to be able to say hey man i've got 20 years of marriage and we're fucking happier than i've ever been in our entire relationship you know it's like we're we're the anomaly so i'd I'd love to if, if you could man just share a little bit about that yeah so i think there's like several layers to that to 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 break down here ben um the the first is that like things kind of things never have ever been bad with sim and i ever however they've got to they've got to be like frustrating and uncomfortable in order to sort of solve yeah and so i'm a problem solver um and so there were times where we moved to los angeles uh we had a three-bedroom apartment in venice beach um, and she'd come storming in at three o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, let's go for an ice cream and a bike ride. And I'm like, babe, like I'm, I'm working. Like I'm in the spare bedroom. This is our North American headquarters and, and I'm working. And so time and time again, she, like she was there by herself. So she would like hang for me to finish my work so that we can go and live abroad as a young married couple. Right. And so there was this constant tension, not in a bad way, but this constant tension between what she was hoping to achieve from her days and what I needed to achieve, like to, to keep the roof on our, over our heads and, and keep us rolling forward, right? And purely out of pure need, which is where I'm at today. And I fluffed up before Michael when I, I haven't told you what Creative Cubes is. It's about community and people. <laughs> keep, and keep, rest keeping everyone in suspense. I like it. <laughs> but, but out of pure need to really compartmentalize work and play for both her and for me. When I'm home, I'm hers. When I'm at work, like like I'm works. <laughs> that is that even is right. Yeah, I belong to the work. Um, and so out of pure need to continue to keep the relationship really rock solid, um, I need to move out. I need to move that. I need to move our North American headquarters out of the spare bedroom and actually into an office. 
And so I, I moved into a co-working space in Santa Monica, California. And not only did I come alive because, wow, I'd found my tribe, my work tribe, people that understood the trials and tribulations. Travis Kalanick, who founded Uber, was in the office next door to me. Evan Spiegel, who founded Snapchat, was like upstairs. <clears throat> and so I came alive because I was like, fuck, there are people like me. There are people that want to like embrace hustle and go and get it. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, one of the most fundamental things was actually closing the door and locking it shut, getting in my car, driving home, unwinding, and then come home to be a present father. And so that is not easy. That has been a 20 year work in progress. Um, However, I think we have incredible balance now. Uh, we have two amazing little girls. But um, I think the most important thing is, and Sim used to drill me with this, is like, you're present, but you're not present. Yeah. And so I worked really hard because like at the end of the day, I couldn't give a shit about anything except for her. Um, I don't care for the accolades. I don't care for the tens of millions in the bank. I care about her um, and I want to protect and serve her. And so. Um, it's not worth it if everything else is, if that's falling down, right? So right. I made her awesome. the, pri the priority and don't get me wrong, it's absolute work in progress. However, I'm 42 years now um, <laughs> and now the reverse is somewhat happening. Hey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Is it good? Like, do you want, can you tell me some more? I was like, mm. not, oh, you want to know now? <laughs> um, <laughs> so... It's, and that's it's awesome. Great. Man, right? It's great, yeah. but it's but it's not easy. And I think that you need to really compartmentalize. And so Creative Cubes exists for me for that, right? For mm. me, it's go in, work hard with an incredibly talented team. Honestly, um, I don't think we'd be half the way through the venture that we are now if I didn't have incredible leadership, incredible future leaders, incredible happiness team, um, and every person in the organization. I feel really honored to 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 be able to lead such a talented team. Um, but then equally, uh, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough that I've worked hard enough to uh, be able to put it down and then turn inwards to my family. Um, I just dropped my kids to school um, this morning. You know, uh, I picked my daughter up from drama class last night. Like, it's really like talk about wanting to solve for what was not there for me as a kid. I didn't have a father. So when my wife says, hey, Tobes, can you pick up the kids? I look at my calendar and I go, what can I bump in order to be there? Because like I, I didn't have that. And then equally on the work side, it's kind of like, can't wait to get to queues because you've got these amazing people in your in your buildings and locations that uh, take your mind to a whole new level in thinking and execution. Um, and that wasn't there for me as an entrepreneur either. Yeah. I think you, you hit a key point there, man, which is you put – your, we, we call, you know, our wives, our, you know, they're our chosen one. You put your chosen one as a priority. And I think a lot of men and, uh, you know, who are fathers and husbands have the fear, oh, if I put them as a priority, business is going to fall apart. I'm not going to keep up. I, you know, everything's going to collapse. And I think you're, you're the testament to this. It's a thing I practice as well. It's like it's actually the reverse. It's when you put your family first so that you feel alive, so that you've got that in order. You can actually show up as your best self, as a leader when it comes back to the business side of things. So I think you, you, you're definitely living. I think, yeah. I, I, so thank you. I think that um, just to double click on that, you know, how do I do it? Yeah. It's not easy. I actually look at it as two treadmills. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually a third treadmill. Like mm. treadmill one is I've got, to put, I've got to put money in the bank to keep the roof over the head, et cetera, et cetera. It's not that traumatic for us. Um, today, however, back in the day it was, right? Um, two, um, I've got to be a present father because all the money in the world means nothing. Um, and three, I've got to stay, I've got to stay healthy and active because like killing myself by trying to work hard and then just be present doesn't actually serve them either. So it's a three treadmills. Um, Ben, Michael, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, I spend, I spend the best part of three hours focusing on myself. What what are you doing uh, those just just so yeah so we can have a bit yeah, of an understanding. Yeah, so always starts always starts with about ten minutes of meditation, yeah, um, and and listening and learning and and focusing, um, very quiet in this like I'm not even out of bed yet. Um, then I'm up straight to I I I love Orange Theory Fitness, uh, which which works for me. We have a couple of studios here in Melbourne, um, so I drive to Orange Theory on the way there. 
I lift, I listen to the Daily Stoic, which is an amazing practice. Highly, highly, highly recommend. I've listened to it, I reckon, three times now um, and still like find new things every time I listen to it. Um, get in the gym and smash it hard. By the way, I haven't turned my phone on yet. Yeah, my phone doesn't doesn't come on until after I'm out of the shower. Um, I'm home. I'm back home most days unless I've got a pressing meeting. Otherwise, I'll just shower at, at Orange Theory or go upstairs to create a cute shower and, and start working. But I'll, I'll come home. Um, I'll shower. If if the day presents that I can take the kids to school, I will. If not, I'm 8.45. I'm on a call with my leadership team. Uh, and then and then that sort of turns the phone on. Like 8.30, I'm turning the phone on. And then I'm at the mercy of whatever comes to me <laughs> yeah. or comes at me during that day. Mm. And then I try and switch off and be home. I'd be lying if I said I'd be home before five, mm. mostly six. Um, do you do anything between spend, leaving work and and getting home? Not like? really. Not really. I, I listen to music, sort of like kind of, all right, that was the day. Um, and then focus on just the, the nonsense that has to happen at home, as in stupid <laughs> singing, dancing, you know, <laughs> homework. If, if, I'm, if I'm coached into making homework, the pickups, drop-offs, uh, dinners, um, catch up with the kids. They typically put me to bed. They're only seven and ten, um, but I'm typically in bed at about eight thirty, and and sort of like winding down until I try and keep my eyes open till ten. It's sometimes really hard to Man, do. I, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. How, then, com- uh, how comfy are your kids' beds, though? Let's let's be real, man. Every time I lie, I lie <laughs> my kids' beds every night to read books, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I have my my. So I don't even know where my wife and older daughter were, but it was just my youngest daughter and I last weekend, and we watched Encanto, in, in mm, and yeah. I reckon 15 minutes in, she's like. Daddy, are you awake? Yeah, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. I was gone. That's awesome. So, so man, one one thing, I I, I had a question around um, that we talked to earlier before the podcast. Right, so you had this huge success with with Petlu, and you know, um, you know, getting an exit and having a company buy you out, which is I think a lot of entrepreneurial's dreams. You know, that's that's what they're all driven towards. You get that, man. So you hit you hit success in in that notion, like how a lot of people perceive it, very early on in in your life. Yet here you are, man, up at four, grinding away to get get this uh, another venture going. What what happened once you sold, right? Because he's he, you know this is this is again like I really do believe like a, a lot of the men we speak with. It's what they're driven towards. It's what everyone out on the street, if you said, hey, man, if, if you can have, oh, man, I just want financial freedom. If, if you can give me financial freedom, I will be the happiest, most fulfilled, greatest father, husband, person the world has ever seen. You go there, what happened? Yeah, so I think that for me, I was definitely on that trajectory, right? It was sort of like all about the exit. It was like build something great, someone will buy you and then chill. Uh, in reality, it's, it was a complete opposite. Right. So the holy grail of the exit was actually underwhelming. It was uh now what? Yeah. <laughs> um and my wife's like, Well, you love sneakers, go buy some sneakers. I like, All right, that's a great idea. Maybe that'll be fulfilling. And I, I find myself up in uh Santa Monica on Third Street Prom buying maybe thirty pairs of sneakers. And I get home and I'm like, yeah, okay, now what? Like, um and so I think I think it's a necessary evil, right? I think you need to aspire to build something great to sort of exit and have a lot of money, right? However, for me, it really it really took purpose out of my existence. Yeah. So I woke up. I remember I exited on the Friday. I woke up on Saturday morning. Coincidentally, Madison, my oldest daughter, and Simone had flown to Hong Kong that night to to spend time with her sister um and it was maddie's maybe her first overseas trip and i woke up and i was like i didn't have this motivation and desire to sort of get out of bed and do stuff i wasn't sad or depressed or anything Mm. don't get me wrong however i was like okay cool i got all this money i just sold off something that like i took 10 years to build uh what am i going to do and so i remember going to work for the company that uh, acquired us on the monday 
And I got an email from Mike Taylor on the Saturday to say, hey, we're looking at this. Uh, we'd love your feedback and input. And I was like, super cool. But like my opinion only matters on their decision. It actually doesn't drive the next frontier for me. Um, and so um, what, what, what was great was the exit. Yeah, great. Lots of money. Um, what was the reality was like it was um, like I, I, lost, I lost purpose. I lost my direction. I stopped exercising. Um, it took me a year to sort of like like undo myself and turn myself into someone that I really wasn't. Um, my daughter was young, so I think she was just like just born. Um, so, you know, she wasn't eating solids. Ice cream was a thing. Um, and so I spent a year like like just bludging and eating ice cream every day and sitting on the couch. And I didn't need to exercise because there wasn't any goal that I was trying to hit. Um, and I, you know, put on the KGs and just really didn't do much. Um, and so what I reflect on now is I know what I don't want. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually don't want a lot of money with no purpose. Yeah. Um, I want a ton of purpose and hopefully that results in a the success and a, a byproduct of success is, you know, dollars on hand. But what I'm sort of really yearning for personally is ultimate freedom. Mm. What what just just on that because I hear a lot of people say what what is ultimate freedom to you like how how would you describe that Yeah so I mean for lots of people to lots of different things for me I'm unfortunately cursed with ambition mm. so Petlu was like if we could just go to a, ba- a baseball metaphor uh, Petlu was a home run for most people uh, but for me it was actually just first base it was sort of like i'm here this is who i am this is how i've done business this is what you can expect from me if you transact with me or you do stuff with me um, but i feel like i'm on first base i feel like creative cubes could be base two and three um, but i don't know if it's the only thing that's gonna be for me and that's by the way i'm not seeking to exit creative cubes right i feel like really well you don't you don't want to make the same mistake twice <laughs> well, it, it's I'm actually really enjoying the journey because mm. I have incredibly talented people that are taking my mind into all different directions, and we have an incredible platform—not tech, not just a platform—to be able to go and execute other things. Right? There's a lot of tentacles that can come off community and property, um, and so we've got a lot of great ideas, and so um, I, I love that. So, w- what is ultimate freedom for me? Um, it's not about like having a ton of money in the bank it's the ability to do whatever is in my head um and be able to go and execute and i don't have that ability to, to, to today yeah it's what, what take, do you think hinders it like what what stops you like you you, you know i'd say you're I'm not, quite so, still, so firstly you can, i'm not hurrying to it either right mm. i'm not i'm i'm 42 years old i think i've got another 50 years in me at in least, terms brother. of like at least creativity <laughs> and idea implement you know implementation um, I think I'm going to live to 150, to be honest. Nice. But um, <laughs> um, that's what I tell my kids. So, um, but for for me, it's it's about creativity and execution mm. of creativity. Yeah. And so while I've got this brain of mine, which unfortunately will never become not mine, um, like I've got these wild ideas mm. that like I need, I need to think up at midnight and be executing by midday. Mm. Um, and so I don't have ultimate freedom because I'm. I'm constantly calculating and thinking. Um, so you're like, talking you know, for like freedom from your mind? Like uh, is, is that what you, you, you're in search of here? Yeah, no, I think it's more about like y- yes and no. Like, mm. I, like I love who I am. I'm not, I'm not sad. I don't suffer from any mental health, thank mm. God. Um, and I empathize and sympathize with people that do. However, for me, I don't think I'll ever be free. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll always want to crave creation, um, crave uh, – delivering the impossible you know it's taken us five years for people to go wow creative cubes that's amazing like how did you come up with this and really like now it's become more mainstream because people are working from home uh and and employers really don't feel the need to have these big buildings and business spaces when you can plug in and out of uh, space on demand in these co-working spaces and and flex office environments Mm. and so um, it's fascinating. I'll just say that much. Man, it's awesome. I, I think you, you a couple of things that you've hit a nail on the head, so to speak, and especially around 
you know, purpose and passion, you know, like it, w- without these things, I think this is where a lot of people struggle. This is where a lot of people get stuck. And I think, but I think also too, you know, when you ask someone like, what's your purpose? And they feel they don't know. They're really looking for big things. It's like, well, fuck, Elon Musk is putting someone into, you know, putting humanity into space. You know, we've got Toby, he's creating creative cubes. You know, we've got Ben, he's, he's, he's creating a movement for, for men, etc. It's like, I, 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 don't, I need to have something so grand and audacious. But I really think it, it can be as simple as just be a fucking amazing father. Just be an amazing husband. Just be, you know, be impactful and inspiring to all those around you. One, one of the things I'd love to understand for you, Toby, and then I'll shut up and I'll let Mike well, ask well, no, you some I, wanna, I just want to double-click on that. I want to double-click on that. Pause on your question. Ben, I think a lot of people actually don't realize that what they what triggers them to uh, – t- triggers their purpose, yeah? Um, there's a lot of people that I speak to on a daily basis. This, there might be a huge audience off the back of this podcast that this will resonate with, but they're like trying to find something. Yeah. Um, I think in reality, your passion doesn't – you don't find your passion, your passion finds you, right? So if I can just back it back it right up, I'm not passionate about pee and poop, but I made a dog potty system that enabled a lot of people to break down the barriers to animal companionship. And I love, I've got dogs, I've always had dogs. I've got two, uh, not new dogs, but my dogs that I was with on the venture with Petlu have passed on and I've got two another amazing dogs in Kauai and Harlow now. Um, I Animal companionship is a massive thing, yeah? And I love that. And so Petlu enabled that with Creative Cubes. And so I became wildly passionate about selling Petlus, not because I was passionate about the, the vehicle um, of this amazing dog potty system, but actually what it did by having it, right? And then equally, I'm equally passionate about trying to serve people in a way that was not there for me, hoping that there's a 100,000 Tobys in the world, God forbid, but 100,000 of people that think and, and opt and want to work like I did, but give them a place and a safe place to operate. And so am I wildly passionate about co-working spaces? Not at all. Am I wildly passionate about property? No, not even close. However, I love that vehicle because mm. it brings people together. And so, but if you asked me as a as a school student, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to play for the Lakers. Um, <laughs> that that was never going to happen because I love basketball. Why why um, why have you got uh, all uh, Bulls memorabilia? Uh, no there's, Lakers. There's, uh, I mean, so I no have a like lot MJ. of Kobe. <laughs> no, I have a lot of Kobe stuff. I had Kobe mm. over here in Australia, and I got to spend a lot of time with him, mm. um, which was phenomenal. I do have a lot of Kobe stuff, but Michael's the goat. And so I aspire to be the greatest of all time in my field. Mm. Um, and so I think there's magic. Magic's over here. Magic and Michael. There's some more stuff around. <laughs> um, I've got Kobe. Kobe's got a signed basketball here. And there's a photo of my wife on it as well. But um, uh, if you ask me as a kid, um, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I definitely want to say sell dog toilets for a living mm. or make co-working spaces. But both of those things actually fuel passion for me that I never knew. And so, mm. Ben, to, to come back to you, like a lot of people are like searching for this like yeah. thing that is like right in front of them. And if they lean in and focus and really like there's two major things. If they stop with the ego shit, yeah, right, mm. don't have to be like, like I fucked up when I was younger. I love shoes. I love shoes. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to be a doctor of the feet, a podiatrist. And I'm going to make amazing shoes. I tried to be a doctor because all my friends were doctors, <laughs> lawyers, surgeons. Like I cut the bullshit. I went to my mom and said, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. She's yeah. like, good. Now get on with living okay. your life the way you want to live as opposed to trying to keep up with nice. other people. But ego fucks a lot of things up. Yeah. yeah? Hmm. And so if you can humble yourself and just go, you know what? Like I sold dog toilets. A lot of my friends would laugh. When are you going to make a real living? Man, I was doing $10 million a year of dog toilets. Mm. Like, I think that's a pretty sustainable living actually. But I didn't have to like front, like I was a butt of the joke and I was okay with that. Um, And so I think a lot of the time people need to just humble themselves, focus on what's really important to them, get lit up in a way like dog toilets and poo and poop was not a sexy business, but geez, it served me and my family really fucking well. And probably Mm. more so than my friends that are, I'm a lawyer and I'm a QC and I'm a this and I'm that, like I was making more money than them and doing more things living uh, than they were. And so, and that's not for me to say, fuck you, 
that was me saying, you might laugh that I made a dog toilet, but actually it really served my purpose and my passion. And so, and so I think that a lot of people are like aspiring for this massive thing. And I was a victim of that Mm. where if you just humble yourself, calm down for a minute and just stay hyper-focused, your passion will find you in the weirdest and most wonderful ways. Well, I think too. Um, and then I think they got fuel. Yeah. And, get, and going back to what you said, like really early on in the conversation that um, your mother taught you, which I think is hugely powerful, which is gratitude, man. Like you, you, every, every guy, like anyone listening to this, whether they agree with it or not, everything they've, they desire, searching for and want is right in front of them right now. And it's like you just said there before, it's just, it, it, but it takes work to open your eyes to it, to accept it, to see it, to feel it. And I think, you know, that one practice that your, your beautiful mother shared with you um, around gratitude, I, th- I think can solve quite, not everything, but it can solve quite a lot. Like it can put you into a position that, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go and find your purpose. Like you said, you will be pulled towards it, but you can't be pulled towards something if, you're always negative, pissed off, frustrated, comparing yourself to others. It's never enough. Fuck, why me? Why don't I have the fucking $10 million business? Why don't I have this? When's all this stuff going to come? And it's letting go of all that to actually allow this calling and the feeling that you're getting now, like even through Creative Cubes, to be able to be pulled into that direction to invest time, effort, energy, and passion to feel alive for the next 100 years as we move towards hitting 150, man. So uh, I, I love what you shared there, man. 100, 100, 100, 108, but not <laughs> through eight yet. I love it, man. Um, you know, it, it is, it is. However, too many people get caught up with trying to True. keep up. Mm. And too many people mm. get caught up with what will this look like if mm. I do this? Or what would I look like if I do that? And by the way, guys, all these lessons and all this like amazing conversation right now, hasn't come with its dark and downside, <laughs> yeah? Totally like it's, it's about recognizing. Yeah. yeah, it's about recognizing it and sort of trying to power well, I think that's it. the beauty of the conversation um, you know, is we can appreciate. And this is, you know, going back to when, you know, you were out soloing the entrepreneur game is people in a full-time job, working, employee, like they don't get this. And I'm not dismissing that their life's fucking challenging as well. It's a, it's different things. But when you can have a conversation like you're sharing there where it's like, hey, I've got all, you know, this level of wisdom. I fucking know what it takes to get there, man. You know, like we're, we're in the work every single day, like yourself, up at four, doing the meditation, doing yep. the internal work in order to do it. And it's funny because you get people going, oh, it's fucking easy for you. It's easy for Toby. You know, like, Man, you had all the money in the world. It's easy for you to feel happy and fulfilled. And it's like But I didn't. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, I came to Melbourne in two thousand and three with less than four thousand mm. dollars in my bank account. Yeah. And I fucking hustled. Now, I don't think you should go hard for <laughs> on the hustle. Yeah. I think you need to find mm. this balance for mm. yourself. However, I didn't come from money. Yeah. My you know, my mom was a single mom. My dad was yeah. a breadwinner. When my dad passed, mm. there was no income. Yeah. And so one of my, one of my goals is to sort of serve my mom the way she served us. I don't think well, I could ever got goosebumps her. as you said that. But, That's um, amazing. No, for real, man. Like you, you, like, you know, they, 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 they say like, you know, that a diamond comes from, you know, mm. the negative energy. Right. And so I, I don't know about negative energy, but necessarily, but more about like mm. tough times make, make good 100%. people. Right. And if the shit, and if the shit didn't stink, like a lot of people would or maybe yeah. wouldn't do it. Um, but I don't sit here every day like uh, dictating like a boss. I, I, uh, I, I roll my sleeves up and I get on the front line with my team and I'm, I'm there. I feel like, like in our organization, you know, I guess in every organization, the CEO sits at the top and, and sort mm. of it goes down. Our org chart is upside down. Mm. I'm at the bottom and my people are at the top. And so I've got that mentality of trying to serve. I serve them. They serve our customer. And the circle of just continues. And then we have this flywheel effect uh, because everyone's having a great experience. And if I put my ego in front or I put my needs in front of it, the whole That's thing awesome. crashes. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of yeah, you wanted to uh, – well, there's one interview where you talked about pushing people off the cliff and having them sort of jump on your back and sort of, you know, rocketing up to the moon together. So like really like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously when you did Petlu in LA, um, well, good thing that you first of all didn't get into that rat race that LA is, um, <laughs> you know, like what sort of really 
drove you to kind of like okay i want to create this space where other people can sort of help and sort of drive all of us together upwards yeah like it really is solving for what was not there for me and what was there what was not there for me was really painful for me and it created a lot of like stress and um lack of desire to want to continue to tread through the mud every day when you know it'd be easier to go get a job and and kick back but like that's not how i was born that's not how i was raised i'd be doing a disservice to myself if I thought that that was acceptable um, in terms of like putting people on my back, like I actually prefer to sort of like pave the way and then bring them through a nice paved road. Right. But unfortunately it doesn't really work like that. We have this, I have, I have uh, three people on my leadership or three direct reports here at creative cubes today. Um, and, and George surmises that George is head of operations at the moment. We're transitioning him into something really cool that we're not ready to disclose <laughs> that yet. But George is like, hey, Toby, you go through, swim through the Saroosh tank, pop out the other side, tell me if we've got some clear land to kind of do our thing. So I go through the tank, you know, go come out full of like, just, it's a horrible experience. Not in mm. real, right? We're talking metaphorically. Then I go, hey, George, I'm on the other side of the pipe. Hey, George, I see something up here. So he comes through with the machete, right? Cuts, cuts everything down. Then Sade, who is our head of people and culture, um, and probably won't be in that role when this airs because we're transitioning her too as well. Um, but Sade comes through and is like, she paves the road. Hey, processed, you know, reporting, chains of command, da 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 da, this, that, you know, operational efficiencies. And then Gav comes through once the road is paid and, and brings the people. He sells them. And, and so then that's a, that's a building, right? So we fill the buildings up. And so then I'm back in the sewage tank trying to find the next one, right? And like, you know, you kiss a hundred frogs to find your princess, um, or prince. And, um, and, and so I'm, I'm constantly in, in that, in that cycle. So I never sort of sit up top and sort of like, ah, oh, it's great. We've got, you know, five buildings now and we've got another 10 under construction. I'm sort of like in the detail getting dirty every day trying to lead by example because i'm hopeful that it rubs off and then from there you know we build a great culture of can do um instead of you know pointing and and and, and steering yeah, I love that. two last questions for me one what sort of legacy because i've got two daughters myself what legacy do you plan on leaving for your daughters so uh are you an all girl all dad, girl dad. babies Two yeah, and one's going to be four. Yeah, okay. Amazing. Congratulations. So um, I come from an all-girl home. So my, my dad was the other male figure. I was a boy with two sisters. Uh, I married a girl that's got two <laughs> sisters. Um, and we have two daughters. So we're all, all girls here. So power, power to the beautiful women out there. Uh, what legacy? Um, my, daughter's, my daughter's already like got it. Like She was born with it, Maddie. Um, she, she's American. They were both born in Los Angeles. Um, and she thinks she'll be, she, you know, she'll be either the next American, not the, the next next, but a future American president because mm -hmm. she wants to go and lead and protect the Good. people. Um, and then, um, but I think she equally, she's, uh, she's got my wife's talent musically. Um, and, uh, I think if she's got my tenacity and my wife's talent, she'll be limitless. And so as a father, um, I think Maddie will just, she'll surprise me, like not surprise me, but like she'll do stuff that like I can't even think of. Um, and I just want to be able to not hover like a parent. I want her to fall over. I want her to get a little bit uh, scarred up a little bit because I think that that'll help her rather than cotton wool her. Um, but like I just, I want to make sure that whatever she does, she's kind of got guardrails for safety, um, despite the fact that I definitely want her to, to 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 make the mistakes and, and learn and grow from them um and then harps i'm yet to figure out what she wants to do but i think she's a very maternal girl um and so i tell them every day like i'm doing what i want to do you don't have to do what you want to do like what i want you to do you do it while you're under my house um but i want you to go and execute what's what's good for you don't have to live in dad's uh you know um in dad's shadow um, I, I think a lot of successful parents, um, and I don't even consider myself successful yet, but I think a lot of successful people, like we have Shaquille O'Neal coming out to Australia shortly, um, and his son's trying to play hoops right. pro, mm -hmm. and he, he just keeps 
getting injured. stumbling. I don't know whether it's uh, medical or health or injuries or he just doesn't have it. I don't know. But he's living in the in the shadow of Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and likewise with Bronny James and, you know, Michael Jordan's kids, I'm sure. And so I don't want my kids to fall in my footsteps. I want them to create their own thing. The legacy that I want to leave is that I'm an entrepreneur, but I was the people's entrepreneur. And I looked out for the people first and I solved and, and supported and served the people first. And then that led to, you know, the, the success that we've had. But I never put myself first because I think that that's where, that's where things just don't Solid. work. So that's the legacy I hope I leave. I like awesome. it. And then last one, personal. I'm from Cleveland, LeBron, Lakers fan. Yeah. What are your thoughts of yeah. what's going on? <laughs> uh, so I'll talk to you honestly. I think LeBron is an amazing talent. Yeah, I think he's an amazing talent. I think LeBron has a ceiling to his talent because unfortunately his ego is in the way. Um, one of my great friends, and I don't speak to my friend about this, uh, one of my great friends is actually his coach. So my friend Phil Handy is the skills coach at the Los Angeles Lakers. He was there when Kobe was in the Lakers. He went to Cleveland. He won a championship with LeBron in Cleveland. Then he went up to Toronto and won a championship with Kawhi. By the way, my dog's name is Kawhi. Um, and he's now back. He came back with the Lakers and won the championship in the bubble. Right. Yeah, so he's really close. I don't speak to Phil about players. He's my friend away from the game, but he is the assistant coach of the Lakers. And we lived together in Sydney when he played for the West Sydney Razorbacks and then got traded to the Melbourne Tigers back in the day. But as an outsider, I think LeBron could be so much bigger and better than what he is, but I feel like he's very self-serving. And I don't think the Lakers win for a long time because he's got to get his. He's got to be the star of the show and the ball needs to roll through him. Whereas if I had his skill, height and talent, I'd be like, where do you need me to be? Where can I get my players in the best positions to win in clutch moments um, and set my team up for success versus my personal mm. accolades? Yeah. And so um, that's not to say Michael wasn't egotistical. <laughs> that wasn't to say that Kobe wasn't a fucking hardcore guy that a lot of people just couldn't cope with. But that's what mm. it takes to be a champion and that's what it takes to be a winner. So in terms of LeBron, like I, I love watching my Lakers. I never miss a game. Um, I've got league pass enabled in all of the buildings. <laughs> um, I, um, I really push past the vanity and I focus on uh, like, it's great that he's the highest scorer of all time and this and that. And, but like, this is a team mm. sport and you've got a lot of egos on that team this year with Carmelo with um, uh, Anthony Davis, with uh, Westbrook and LeBron. I'm like, these guys, they don't share the ball around because they've got to be the star of the minute and we didn't even make the playoffs. So that says a lot in my opinion. Hmm. Honestly, just wanted to thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's honestly been really, really cool. You touched on a lot of great points. Um, so yeah, just really wanted to say thank you um, for, for coming here and being our, our sort of first guest. And uh Someday would love to sort of meet you in person and talk basketball and sneakers because those are two things that I really, really love as well. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Final Thanks thoughts, Toby or Ben? Thank you. Uh, from my side, man, like, yeah, very grateful to have you on here, man. And I, I think like a, a theme that you've just closed out with there is this notion of selflessness. You know, it's what what are you doing? What are the listeners, the people of the world, what are you, what are you doing to serve others? You know, but the thing is you, you do have to work on yourself in order to be able to serve others first. But it's always through that mindset. What are you doing for your wife? What are you doing for your children? What are you doing for your business? What are you, even if you're an employee, what are you doing? So I really appreciate you sharing that today, Toby, and your story, man. It resonates a lot. Uh, love being on this journey with you, man, and look forward to connecting more. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll, I'll leave with this, if I can. Um, you know, in the 90s, um, Phil Jack, uh, um, Pat Riley was the head coach of the Lakers, and they went into the championship. And they lost. And over the summer, they instead of dismantling the team, they uh, Pat Riley went to each of the players individually and said, hey, player one, you, you're our center. I need you to grab three more rebounds and get one more block shot every game. Hey, uh, shooting guard, I need you to shoot the ball four more times because you're, you're actually shooting 45%. 
So four more times that'll, you know, at 45%, that'll get us mm-hmm. an extra three, three extra points a game. Um, hey, point guard, I need you to distribute the ball and get some steals, like an extra onesies or twosies. And he went around the whole team, all 12 players. And he said to each of those players, hey, I don't need you to like, I don't need the, you guys that aren't scoring anything scoring 50 points tonight. I, just, I need like a little bit more from each of you, uh, just a little bit more. Uh, the one percenters. Um, and so the next two seasons, they went back to back, right? With the small incremental changes, small changes. Uh, and they served each other and they got, they went back to back. Very, very, very hard to do. Um, and so I, what I, what I took from that is there's no congestion. This was not said. This is, this is my interpretation. There's no congestion at the extra mile. Yeah. Because no one's prepared to just go that extra mile and just do make that extra impact. However, that's where the championship is won. Mm. Yeah. And so to your listeners today, uh, and into the future, whenever this podcast is listened to, like there's no congestion at the extra mile. Play there, play there, and good things will happen. Um, I also think that despite the fact that we're not on a team, um, you guys, you, you know, you're in the Philippines, you're in Sydney, I'm in Melbourne. Um, we're on the human team, and so if we as people can team up and work off and, and with one another and push past all the all the superficial stuff. I think the world is a great place to be. Preaching, brother. I love it. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. Thank you guys Guys, so much. much. All the links for Creative Cubes and all of uh, your guys' YouTube channel, which I think is really, really cool, will be down in the links below. So thank you guys so much. And uh, yeah, have a good one. Later. So that's it for this week's show. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Make sure that you head over to iTunes, uh, rate and review the show. This really helps us get the message out there to ensure we're doing our part in helping others you know, raise their standards and live to their highest order. Also too, if you haven't already, you can apply to join our free Facebook group where we take this conversation deeper and further. And then finally, if you want additional resources, etc., head over to risingkings.com.au. Have an awesome week. Stay strong. No.